Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening, and welcome to Reboot, again, the show that hopefully is going to bring you some inspiration on top of some mediumship, some spirituality, 
just a little smorgasbord of everything here. Um, tonight, I'm really excited, actually. I've really um, been looking forward to doing this show before it even began. Uh, my guest tonight, Jerry Gavin, who is a Hay House author, um, also Hay House radio host, Messages from Margaret is his book. I actually, it's a funny story. Um, I actually was going to interview him for, or I did interview him actually for Evolving Soul magazine, um, the magazine I, I'm the editor of and also founder of or co-founder of. Um, unfortunately, things, this life kind of got in the way and I didn't get a chance to actually ever um, continue on with that as my mediumship developed. Um, and also I have a, a, an eight-month baby girl. So a lot of things in, in you know, life kind of happened. And also, too, I know uh, my biggest thing is to be the channel for spirit. So mediumship kind of took over and the magazine got put on the side. I did actually get to interview Jerry um, through email. So I was gonna, it was going to be in print, and I just never made it there. And so I'm so excited to actually be able to do this live now. And that's what we were kind of talking about earlier today. I know he was actually on John Holland's show. Um, I know that John Holland interviewed him and took some calls. So we will be taking some calls later tonight. I do want to um, get Jerry on. I know that we're a little lost here in this technology land because I think he was trying to Skype in, and I'm not sure um, if he's gotten in or not. What I will do is I'll reach out to him. That was the plan. I'll, I'll try to dial him. Um, I just want to read you, though, the bio on Jerry. When, when uh, things really first supernatural occurrences began, Jerry Gavin was, to say the least, he was skeptical. That's funny because I, I was like that too as well. But as the messages from otherworldly uh, beings grew stronger, he grew to accept and reach out to them. When he came into contact with his guardian angel, Margaret, he discovered he could communicate with her through writing letters. Their correspondence began by focusing on personal guidance that soon expanded to assisting everyone or anyone who came, uh, who came to Jerry for her sage wisdom. Uh, Jerry Gavin now is a speaker, life coach, medium, and creator of the very successful Angels and Shamans Workshop, which puts uh, participants in direct communication with their angel and guides. He's worked as a communication and empowerment specialist for more than 20 years using a combination of modern, modern therapeutic techniques and ancient shamanic practices to teach individuals how to listen to their body, mind, and spirit and help them reach their full potential. Jerry lives on a small ho uh, horse, horse farm in New Jersey with Gail, David, their Australian shepherds, Wyatt and Annie, and about 30 other wonderful farm critters. What I'm going to do, because I still didn't see Jerry make it in here, I'm actually going to dial out to him and see if we can get him on the line here. So just bear with me one second. Again, I'm all new to this radio technology, so um, I guess it's best to make the mistakes now, and, and uh, I will learn. Let's see if we can get Jerry on the line here. Hey, Jerry, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I don't know what happened with the Skype connection. It, it looked like it worked, but it didn't. So. Yeah, i never seen you come into the room, so I was like, okay, let me let me actually reach out to him here. So you're all live on the air right now. I just want to let you know that as well, okay? 
Great, great. I actually could hear you doing the intro and everything, which is very, very nice. Thank you so much. But then um, it just didn't seem to hook us up. So, But we are here, so I'm, I'm so excited about this as well. Yes. You know, like I, I was saying earlier, too, it's just it's just such a – I guess I really was thinking about it before, before getting on the show. I was sitting in contemplation and a little quiet meditation for a couple of minutes and just kind of quieting my mind. And for some reason, I, I still get very nervous, actually, getting on this thing. But um, I was thinking about the synchronistic events that actually how we've met, because we've personally met. I met you at the Mind Body Spirit Expo. I guess that has to be two years ago now. And and one of the reasons why I'm so uh, excited on doing this, this interview is, too, is because I literally have gotten to watch your success. And, and it truly, I could say truly, comes by serving. Uh, you know, um, Anthony, I, I have to agree with you about that because the the journey that's happened since you and I met at that um, mind, body, spirit. Uh, if if you don't mind, if I can just take a second and just kind of give your listeners just a little bit of background as to what even transpired before the mind, body, spirit thing happened. Um, I had had written a book called Messages from Margaret, and it was actually uh, the original title was this a self-published book with Balboa Press called uh, Messages from Margaret for the Year 2012 and Beyond, and it was prior to the end of 2012, where everybody was talking, you know, cataclysm and gloom and doom and, and everything else. And um, Margaret, during the year 2010, Anthony, actually, before I do this, would it help if I go into just a, a little bit of background of who Margaret is and what this is all about? Absolutely. Who Who is Margaret? Because we keep talking about messages from Margaret, Margaret, Margaret. Who is yeah. Margaret? Because I, I realize your audience is probably thinking that, like, who's Margaret? Um, so what happened is, um, you know, when you're talking about having having doubts and getting nervous and all those different things, for me, this all started out as a, as a complete surprise to me because um, I I was, up until the early 1990s, pretty much a complete skeptic in the area of paranormal activities and I mean I I grew up Catholic so I did have a belief in angels, you know, and, and I believed in God. I just saw all of that as something very far removed from me. You know, the concept of spirituality being a part of our, our being and a part of our essence wasn't really there. And when I would hear <clears throat> ghost stories and different, you know, paranormal stories, I would just think, you know, that was kind of like just a, a lot of hooey and didn't really believe in it. And then in um, in 1990, I had the opportunity uh, to move into a house. It was a house that I was sharing with a friend. And um, about a beautiful house, by the way. It was like Center Hall, Colonial, streaming sunlight, just greatest deal that, you know, my friend ever thought she could possibly get on a house. And we kind of found out why afterward, because once we were into the house, about a month afterward, uh, we realized that the house was just incredibly, incredibly haunted. And when you come into this and you're a total skeptic, it's a real eye-opener, because you're thinking there's no such thing as any of this stuff. And then all of a sudden you start seeing, you know, shapes traveling by in the nighttime rooms that 
that are 20 degrees colder than another room in the in the dead of the summer and not from air conditioning. Um, drawers opening and closing by themselves, just, you know, and this overall feeling that was so heavy that it just, you know, it would feel like something was sitting on your chest when you would go into the upstairs room of the house. So we we did, we, we both had grown up Catholic, so we went to our, our local um, parish and we asked for help. And uh, our parish priest actually came to the house and never even went upstairs where most of what was going on was happening. He just kind of stayed in the dumpsters hallway and sprayed around some holy water and said, this should do it. And, and, and he really looked so white when he was there and kind of ran out of the house as quick as he could. Um, and the, obviously things did, did not get better. So we started to research everything we possibly could to try to find out about um, clearing energy out of the house. And in the process of doing this, slowly but surely, all of this um, awareness and other types of things started to, to happen in me. Um, there was just a, 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 an awakening to things that I had never experienced before. The funny part, Anthony, I, I don't know if you went through this at all, because I, for me in the beginning, I did not embrace this experience, <laughs> yeah. especially coming at it from this negative sense of what had happened. You know, I did not want to do this. And, and when we got advice, actually, about how to clear this energy out, it was a, it was a psychic who also turned out to be a very, very um, gifted psychotherapist who a friend of mine knew who said, who gave us the information about what to do to, you know, to discover the energy and clear the energy. And she said to me when everything was over, it was a good thing this happened because it would help me in all of these experiences that I'd be having in the future. And I just thought that was the funniest thing I ever heard because having just come through that experience, the last thing I ever saw myself doing again was anything that involved paranormal, the spiritual, <laughs> anything like that. I, I was, you know, I was kind of like the person saying, I'll, I'll take the check. I'm, I'm ready to go. Thank you. But um, uh, needless to say, they did continue to happen. And uh, I went to massage school at that time, and it turned out that the woman who taught the school was also uh, trained by Latin American shamans and Native American shamans, so that opened up a whole separate area of, of study and learning for me in the area of shamanism. And then eventually, in I guess around 92, um, I was just going through a really low, low point in my life. It was a very, very rough time. And um, I sat down in my bed one night and it came to my mind that if I had a way to speak to an angel, I mean, at this point I, I had learned about communicating with spear guides and power animals, but nothing ever had angels involved in it and I had no contact. And there was something in me that just felt so pressed that I wanted to communicate with this angel that I knew was out there. And I sat on my bed and I said, you know, if I just knew your name, I know I'd figure out a way to do it. I know I would. Just tell me your name. And honestly, Anthony, I don't think I was looking for an answer right at that minute. I think I was just kind of hoping something would evolve over time. But I, I closed my eyes and it was like I was looking at this white movie screen and bold black letters, the name Margaret spelled itself out. 
And my first reaction was to think, Margaret, like, what kind of an angel name is Margaret? You know, it's then trumpets don't go off when you hear that name. It's not like Ezekiel or, <laughs> you know, I was expecting like a an angel name, you know. And um, it kept coming up over and over. So, you know, uh, as my girlfriend will joke with me, she says a lot of times, you know, you, you don't have to hit you over the head with a two-by-four more than 30 times for me to get it. <laughs> so, so by the 30th time of the day of coming up, I decided, okay, maybe it is Margaret. And I sat down and I tried something I had never done before, which um, is a thing called automatic writing. And I don't know if you've ever talked about this with your audience before, but it's a technique where you write a letter to... Um, a spiritual guide, uh, an ancestor, an angel, and you write it in such a way as though you're writing a letter to your best friend in the world, uh, somebody who you really would trust their advice. And then you actually start a letter back to yourself. And that's the part that for me felt insane, you know, doing that. It just felt like, what am I doing, you know? This is going to be, I'm asking these questions, I'm writing the answers, you know, um, I'm going to hear everything I want to hear. But when I started the letter back to me that said, Dear Jerry, what was weird to start off with is it started with, Hello, dear one, and welcome. And that's not something that I would normally write when I'm writing a letter. And then it just proceeded to flow. With my handwriting so fast, I almost felt like I couldn't keep up with it. And what came in that message was the most beautiful, insightful, gentle, non-judgmental information that somehow managed to, in that that way, tell me that everything that was going on in my life at that point in time, I was really responsible for and went back and showed me different things that had brought about these experiences that I was in. You know, all these people in my life that I kind of blamed for my life were players in my life, but but I had helped to create these situations as as part of my creating my life. And I I finished the letter and was just amazed by it and kind of surreptitiously found out if some of the information that I got about how other people were feeling about my actions was true. And it turned out to be absolutely correct. And that was the beginning of this process, Anthony. It was just me writing letters to this angel Margaret asking for advice for myself. Excuse me. And then eventually um, I had the courage to share the information with a friend and she asked me to do a letter for her. And that was the first person I did one for and then it started to grow from there. You know that commercial about, you know, I told two people and they told two people and they told two people. It was kind of that level of grassroots growth where all that was going on and growing and growing and growing. But the interesting aspect was that it was still a totally separate part of my life. I mean, I was working kind of in the traditional um, corporate world and moving up in the the newspaper publishing business. And the last thing I wanted to do was to share this part of myself with other people that might not understand this for fear of what they might think about me because I was doing this. And, you know, would they think I was crazy because I was talking to angels? Would would all this, you know, 
would it turn out as a negative thing? So, so there was a lot of fear about that, and there might be people in our audience listening tonight who go through the same thing, thinking, "Wow, I, you know, I, I have this ability, but you know, I'm kind of afraid to talk about it." I, I don't know. Did did you go through that too? When you started to realize you had abilities, you, you didn't quite know who to who to share it with. Yes, I thought that people were going to think I was crazy, especially for me. You know, I took um, it was at a low point in my life where I had gotten I had gotten sober, and so I definitely thought people were going to thought I was back on drugs. And here I was sober as a, a stone. You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely, absolutely. And yet, you know, it's funny now when you look back on it, you can probably see where your path brought you perfectly to the place where you are. You know, and and recognizing that you could have these incredible experiences without having to be stoned, you know, without having to to go through all this. It's kind of an amazing thing. But it took me literally until 2010, until 2010, to finally make up my mind that I was going to really put this out there. And there was just one day in, in 2010, I said to Margaret, look, I am... I can't do this anymore. I can't live in these two separate worlds. I want these worlds to merge. And I really want to do this. I, I want to get your message out there. I want to be able to let as many people as possible know about this and make this what I do. And um, and from that point, the most amazing synchronicity started to happen. Uh, the first was Margaret asking me if I would write this book called Messages from Margaret, and the book was, as she told me, separate than my doing readings for individuals. This was going to be messages for the world, messages that she wanted to get out to the world that people could, could then understand about who we really are and how we can create our life and stuff like that. And in my viewpoint at that point, having primarily done readings for people like in the tri-state area and every once in a while a little bit out of the area, my vision of the world was kind of a very limited vision. So I was thinking, okay, we'll, we'll expand a little bit in this area. And I did what she asked, and I, I wrote the book, got it edited, found Balboa Press, published with Balboa Press. And that was the point, Anthony, where you and I actually met. I was at the um, the Body, Mind, Spirit Expo in, in Edison, New Jersey, which had been... Um, oddly enough, a town I had lived in for for years and years before we moved down to the to the farm down here. And that weekend, the book had just come out, maybe two weeks before, and it was the first time I had ever um, publicly come out and said, "Hey, this is who I am, and I talked to angels, and I wrote this book, and this is the message that she's getting out there." And the funny part is I almost stopped at one point in writing the book because I was filled with so much doubt in trying to figure out who's going to care about what a guy named Jerry Gavin has to say about, you know, spirituality. And there's all these amazing writers that are out there. There's all these amazing people. Who's going to want to know what does Margaret say? Or who's going to care what Jerry Gavin says in, in channeling that message? And going into that expo, I really kind of felt that way. But there's a, 
there's such an interesting backstory about that expo in that I decided to do it at the very last minute. Um, and you know, I found out about it. I called in to, to do the expo. And there were only three tables that were left at that point. And two of the tables were in locations I thought were pretty good. And the third table wasn't too far away from the food court. It was a very small table, you know, and I wasn't sure that I wanted that one. As a matter of fact, I didn't. But I asked Margaret's advice as the people put me on hold about which table. And she was kind of adamant about the table that would be in the best interest of what we were doing was that table um, that was the smallest table and I didn't really think was going to work too well. And I did, again, I decided to, to listen and to, to do it. And here's the funniest part about how that created what you have been talking about is watching this journey. Um, right across from me um, was a couple by the name of Ariel and Shia King. And Ariel and Shia are, they teach about a relationship building and being in the moment. And they are authors that I knew about before. I had read a couple of their books and they weren't personally there, but the people who were working the table were there that Friday night, the first night we were there. And a, a lovely young lady who works with them came over and looked at the book and she said, I feel so drawn to this book and I don't know why. So she bought it, came back Saturday morning and said she'd been up all night reading it. She loved it. It was such a great book. And Ariel and Shire were coming in that next day to speak at the expo and she wanted to introduce me to them because she had been talking to them that morning about the book. So when they came in, she did introduce me, and um, and it was funny, Anthony. I was like, uh, I was tongue-tied, you know, because I, to me these were like real authors that I knew and I'd read their books, you know, and I was kind of nervous talking to them, and they were so sweet, and you know they gave me a book and signed it, and I signed a copy of my book, and I I was still so new to that, I felt so silly doing it, like you know, it felt like such a an odd experience. But two weeks later, I got a call from Ariel, and it turns out that they had a radio show also on Blog Talk Radio. Um, it's called uh, uh, Being Here, and it's uh, just about being in the moment. And they asked me if I would, first of all, do a reading for them because uh, they would really want to experience, and second, could I be on their radio show? And both things transpired. I did the reading. I did the radio show, and um, and the radio show was a, a lot of fun, actually, because I didn't get to talk that much about the book, but it was definitely about being in the moment, because we were responding to callers and talking about angelic experiences in their regard and uh, different things. But who would ever have known, Anthony, that listening to that program all the way out in the United Kingdom was a woman named Alexandra Grubler, and Alexander Gruber sells the international rights for Hay House. So if somebody in a foreign country wants to buy the language translation rights from Hay House, Alexander is the woman who who travels all over Europe along with two other women there and sells those rights. So Alexandra loved the interview and got a hold of the book from Balboa Press and read it and really liked it and reaches out directly to the CEO of Hay House, Reed Tracy, and says, Reed, I just read this book by a guy named Jerry Gavin. It's a Balboa Press book. 
could you get it and see if you like it? Because I would like to be able to market the book in Europe and it would do so well if you could read it, if you would want to do it in the United States. So Reed gets the book. And the next thing I know, this the book has just come out in March and here we are in June and I'm getting an email from Reed Tracy saying, um, Jerry Hayhouse would like to take over the publication of the book. Um, and, you know, we talked about releasing it that December, which was just this past December. And since that time, the growth has just been crazy. I mean, the, the book has done, the book's done well. Um, it now is, is set to be translated in six different languages in Europe. Um, I was asked to do the, the Hay House radio show, which I'm doing now every week on uh, Tuesdays at 6 o'clock at night. Um, Eastern Time, 3 Pacific Time. I do messages from Margaret and channel, have different guests every week and channel Margaret for at least half the program answering uh, readers' um, callers' questions. Uh, the the interview with, with John Holland, I, John interviewed me for a thing called the Hay House World Summit, which was 110 of the most amazing speakers, Hay House authors, I mean, people who are, are like my, um, you know, I can't even think what, what the word is, uh, my heroes, if you will, in terms of the industry. Um, you know, Louise Hay, Wayne Dyer, Neil Donald Walsh, people of, of that nature. Um, so when I first was told that I was going to be included in those 110 people, I was like flabbergasted, you know. And then when they told me John Holland is going to interview you, um, I was petrified. You know, like you were saying about getting out of the air, I still get a little nervous. <laughs> yeah, I've been, been doing the radio show, but the concept that John Holland was going to interview me, because I had seen John uh, when John had you know an A&E television show, and they would what they would do with John is just like blindfold him and take him to a place <laughs> where some terrible disaster had occurred or some historic thing had occurred, and John would intuit where he was you know, and, and figure it all out. And, and he's so good. So um, when we did that, that first interview, it, it was just a real delight doing it with it. And we, we hit it off really well. We, you know, we're both like really kind of blue-collar, grounded sort of guys from growing up. And, you know, he's a, he's a very nice person. But I never would have imagined when those interviews happened that when Hay House announced just last week that they were going to do a best of the Hay House World Summit and pick the 35 most popular um, interviews that took place, that mine would be picked among those 35, you know? So I, I, I'm still dumbfounded by it. I, I, you know, it's kind of like every day, Anthony, I wake up and I pinch myself <laughs> and say, yep, it really is happening. It really is happening. And, and I, I think you are right. I, I'm, I'm sorry for such a long answer to your question, but yeah, it it, it does come down to to consciously, you know, trying to focus on on the end in mind. And whereas the end used to be, you know, trying to get readings or trying to do this or trying to get that, now I literally do wake up in the morning and say. Today I'm going to reach more parts of the world with Margaret's messages, you know, and and my goal is to, to just get that message out there to 
as many people in the world as possible because everyone who gets the message, their lives seem to change. They they become happier. Their lives make more sense. Um, I, I just, one other thing, I got a most amazing letter from a woman who, um, who had called into the radio show. And she called in so sad. She was almost in tears about the fact that her mother was dying. And she had always had this horrible relationship with her mother you know, because her mother had psychological issues and had always been very abusive to her. And even now in dying, she went to go see her and her mom was still abusive and still nasty to her. And she said, I, I just don't know what to do about it anymore, and I, I'm I'm ready to go home. I, I just, I kind of feel like if this is the way things have to close, they have to close. And Margaret, in speaking to her, said, you know, what's going on is that you you have this certain way of, of how you're approaching the situation because of a history of how you've approached it. And she suggested to her um, an affirmation and... We could talk more about that later in the program because it's such a, an amazing thing, the concept of affirmations. But she said, start to say to yourself over and over, why is it so easy for me to have a loving relationship with my mother? You know, And she said, the reason why you want to do that is your brain works like Google. If you ask a question like, why is my life so hard, it will bring up every cellular memory you can think of you know, and from your consciousness and the collective consciousness to tell you why. But if you ask the question, why is it so easy, then it will search for everything to prove that theory. And she wrote me back about a week ago and said that her mother had passed. But the most amazing thing happened that that night she started to say, why is it so easy, why is it so easy? And the following night she had this dream. It was actually a horrible nightmare where she was so filled with all of this anxiety and paranoia, and it was horrible. And she woke up in this in, in this cold sweat from this dream, but she realized when she woke up that this was exactly the way her mother felt with her condition, that she always felt this anxiety and this paranoia and this horrible... Um, horrible fear all the time. And when she realized that, when that came to her, she was filled with a love and a compassion for her mom that she had never had her whole life. It just, she said, it felt, she felt like it just melted away everything that had, all the years of anger and all the years of pain. And she went to go visit her mother the next day, and if it, it must have been the change of her energy or whatever, but when she went up, and hugged her mom and told her how much she loved her and that she realizes how hard, you know, her life has been and stuff like that, but that she just needed her to know. And her mother's energy totally changed, and she began to tell her how much she loved her. So that for the last few weeks of her mom's life, they had this amazing relationship, and it came from her just saying the words, why is it so easy, which is so amazing to me, you know? Wow. Yeah, that is that's that's an amazing story. Because in the same yeah. I mean it's just it brings people, you know, it, I guess she sees a different perception, you know, or the perspective of what her mom's going through kind of a thing. 
Yeah, and it's and it's funny because you know we we tend to think all the time that our lives are 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 about struggle, you know. And um, it, it it was funny when I was writing the book um, during that period of time, I came across this um, person named Noah St. John, and Noah had written a book and talked about affirmations. And he actually says that when he discovered affirmations, it was one of those aha moments in the shower. He was trying to figure out why he just could, he, he'd been doing affirmations all his life. He couldn't figure out why his life just wasn't working. He kept telling himself, you know, all the right statements, but things weren't happening. And he, in the shower, he thought about something he had to look up, and it just dawned on him this connection about asking yourself the right questions and that it's not the statements you make to yourself, it's the questions you ask yourself. And we all we all ask ourselves those questions. We all ask those questions like, you know, man, why is there more months than there is money, you know? Why can't I seem to find the right guy? Why can't I seem to find the right woman? Why is my boss such a jerk? You know, those kind of things we ask all the time, but we never think to ask ourselves, why is it so easy? Why is why is my life so good? Why? Because we we don't realize that that's a way to create that reality. Mm. And I think I I mean you know I read your book. I you know that I, you actually asked me to as the editor of Evolving Soul magazine. I have a little thing in the front there, and it really is. There's something for everyone in there. And I remember the night you actually I got an email from you asking if I would write something when it was re published by Hay House, um, they were going to put some, some things in there, and I, it was so simple and so easy to me. It was, this book has something for, it's, it's a spiritual awakening. You know, this book has something for everyone, because it, it really is about, you know, for it was interesting for me when I read the book, because I just learned about EFT, and if people don't know what EFT is, it's listening, emotional freedom techniques, tapping. I just learned about um hypnotherapy, stuff like that, ways to really better yourself. And so I was actually on this path of my, my self-transformation myself, and here I am reading this book, and it was like everything, it was just more validation for everything because I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm following this path, I'm following my guides or my angels, and I'm, you know, going to places, and I'm, you know, just, just through synchronistic events and showing up at, you know, meet up spiritual discussions, and the next thing you know, I'm on an EFT workshop, and I'm tapping, and it's this thing really working. I don't really know, and you know, and then I had gotten the book, and and it was just validation, and I really, really enjoy the book. So I thank you and Margaret also for writing it. But you know, I do have a couple more questions for you too, Jer. What what is the process like when you speak to Margaret? Um. Well. You know, it's kind of changed a little bit over time. In in the very beginning, it was I kind of really needed to to focus as hard as I possibly could to to kind of keep out you know any distractions or things like that. What normally will happen is now I primarily channel her talking. You know, since the since the radio show, or now when I'm doing readings for people, as opposed to you know, typing them and giving them a transcript of it. It, it what will occur is it is I take a moment just to kind of get centered and then let Margaret come through. And whereas that used to take a lot more time, now it's it it takes just a matter of seconds. And I think that was one of the hardest things to do in the beginning. Um and I've 
heard other people who who are, are, are psychic mediums talk about this fact too and um getting out of the way <laughs> letting letting your brain kind of get out of the way is sometimes one of the hardest things so that when margaret is coming through when she says things it's not you know judging what she's saying and trying to make sure oh did i get that right did i get that right but really just trying to let it flow and and allowing her to just you know to just speak and it, it's interesting because um John Holland had not heard me channel Margaret live until the program today. He said to me afterward, he thought it was kind of interesting to him that he felt a difference in vibration. Um, although it's my voice that's speaking her, there's a slightly different timbre to it. There's a, a slightly different way of talking, but, but he felt an entirely different vibration come up when Margaret's coming through. Now, I'm still there. It's not like I go into a trance and come out of it and have no idea what's happening. I can hear what she's saying and I can perceive what she's saying. Uh, Even in writing the book, that was one of the coolest parts about writing the book is that um, when you're writing a book and you're channeling it, it's as though you're writing it and you're reading it at the same time, you know, because it's not, you don't have this feeling that you're writing a book. You're just putting information down and you're reading it. And I would come home all the time and, you know, be saying to Gail, my girlfriend, my God, you're not going to believe what Margaret said today. This is the coolest thing. So so that's kind of the process. It's just allowing myself to get out of the way, trying to just getting that, that space and centered a little bit and just um, letting her come through. Uh, but in the beginning, it was it was a lot more... I had to put a lot more, uh, a lot more focus into it. But now the transition is pretty quick. Gotcha. Can you? I mean, and I know you said something. You you hit on this earlier. The difference where, where you felt you were in meditation, or there was guides, and you said you were wondering about angels, and then you connected with your angel. Can you feel the energetic difference between? what a spirit guide would be if one would come near you and an angel? Yes. Um, when I'm communicating with angels, the vibration is higher and clearer. Um, it is completely and totally non-judgmental. And, and mm. I, I, I guess when I'm dealing with, with a spirit guide, um, there's almost more of a humanness, if you will. I don't know if I'm using the right word in that, than than when I would be dealing with um, an angelic presence. I, I'll give you an example. One time, um, I was doing a, an exercise. There's a there's a spirit guide by the name of White Feather that will work with me very often when I'm doing shamanic work. And um, one time, as I was doing a, a trying to enter into a, a, a trance state to do soul retrieval work, my mind was really preoccupied with a lot of other things that were, were going on at that time. It was a family emergency. And, and and while my mind was preoccupied with those things, rather than just kind of relaxing and, and going with it, I started to just argue with myself almost like, oh, stop it. you got to stop it. you got to focus. you got to do this now because you're never going to get there if you don't focus. And White Feather came through and was like, will you just shut up? 
Will you relax? Stop. <laughs> and that that would not be a Margaret comment, you know. Whereas White Father will do that. Will will talk almost more like your your dad would talk with you, or your friend would talk with you, or or you know this this guidance level of of, of someone that would be a mentor that you know that that's at a soul level that's had had a human experience that can speak in that manner. With Margaret, it's different. It's just a, it's just a higher vibration, and there is never an ounce of judgment in anything, in any circumstance, in any situation. Uh, and there always is this overwhelming love and appreciation because she has said so many times that among angels, there's this incredible love and appreciation for for souls who take on the human experience because in coming into these containers this, these, uh, these limited you know, containers we forget everything that we know it's as though we were <clears throat> we were a giant supercomputer and we tried to put all of our, our consciousness of that supercomputer into a cell phone you know there's only so much memory your cell phone has so you can only put enough in there to be able to operate the cell phone and that's what happens when we come into a body. There's only so much memory and capacity we have in this body. So we forget everything else, but it's still there, you know. The rest of our consciousness is still there. So so that's the, the difference between, you know, how how I would perceive spirit guides. Um, power animals sometimes are, are even a little closer to the angelic energy because animal energy is is also very very um, loving and uh, and accepting you know sometimes more so than than I feel from from guides but it's uh, that that generally has been my experience but I kind of can can feel the difference in the energy in that manner gotcha you know there's six things that Margaret says in the book, okay, that you can do to lift your vibration, speaking of vibrations here, um, and live a happier life, really. What what are the six things that Margaret talks about in the book to lift the vibration and live a happier life? Well, first of all, all those things, all the things that we're, we're talking about are all things she's, that she suggests that you can do on your own um, and or can learn on your own. Prayer and meditation, definitely one of them, because what she explains is that angels are pretty much powerless to be able to assist you without some form of request for it to take place. Because we do come here with this this wonderful gift called free will, and the reason for free will is so that we can create and expand creation by the combination of whatever it is that we choose. So if we choose to do something good or we choose to do something bad, and those are relative terms. I'm just trying to use terms that, um, according to Margaret, there is no good or bad thing that you do. They're just different choices and different experiences that bring about different consciousness to all of us. Um, But prayer allows angels to be able to help us. Meditation allows us to go into a place where we actually slow down the process of our thinking and slow down our metabolic process in our body, and we literally then tap into our soul 
more so than we would when we're just kind of focused on on just the body. Um, dipping dipping into learning about our intuition, uh, developing our intuition, so that you know that the scientifically scientists have said that we probably only work with about ten percent of our brain and the rest of our brain we really don't use. And uh, Margaret in the book says that that's not really true. We use that all the time. We only don't pay attention to that other information because we're so focused on the 10%, which is that that part of our, our memory that, that works really well. I guess, again, I, I, please excuse me, I keep going back to computer analogy, but you know how on your computer you use your computer, you do certain things, but you have all this available memory on the computer that you might not use for anything, but it's there. It's sort of the same with us. So when we develop our intuition, we can tap into those things. Um, she talks about tapping, EFT and tapping. And again, tapping, emotional freedom technique, uh, this is something that is getting a really amazing boost in the world because of a guy by the name of Nick Orton. And um, I, I had the, the great pleasure to, to meet Nick a couple of times and to actually do a shamanic tapping sequence on um, on his website. But what it is, is it's a, a cross-section between um, ancient um, acupuncture techniques, you know, tapping on acupuncture points in your body, and talk therapy. And it allows you to speak out loud the things that are bothering you at the same time as you're tapping on these acupressure points. And what it does is it calls up cellular memory in your body so that you can release it and get rid of it. And uh, Nick, Nick wrote the book, uh, The Tapping Solution, and also the amazing movie. Um, in the movie, one of the most, to me, um, heart-wrenching stories that I remember from the documentary was a guy who came to this tapping experiential weekend that Nick's people ran, and he was a Vietnam vet who had had back surgery after back surgery after back surgery and was constantly plagued by this horrible pain. And during the course of the tapping weekend, had all these memories come to the surface about experiences he had had when he was a soldier in Vietnam and realized that he was holding on to all these pains, all this pain and all these memories. And that was what he was holding on to that was causing him all this pain. And once he brought it to consciousness and honored it and then released it, he wasn't in pain anymore. And it was the first time since the war that he had not been in pain. So, so tapping is one of those things. Um, affirmations, uh, which we spoke about a little bit before. Affirmations is just the, the questions that you ask yourself and trying to catch yourself, you know, learning to, to be more of a, of a conscious thinker so that when you find yourself saying different questions to yourself, like, you know, why am I so fat? Why am I such a loser? Why, you know, any of those things that, that any and all of us might say to ourselves at different times, um, to hear yourself say that question and realize that when you're doing that, you're asking a question that is creating more of that same energy. Um, so affirmations is, is definitely a piece of it. Um, Reiki which is a, a big thing that Margaret has recommended for quite a while because it's something that people can 
uh, go and have done, but also it's very, very easy to be attuned to Reiki Level 1 or Reiki Level 2. And what that is is actually being able to to channel the energy, the, you know, the, the creative energy uh, all around us, the very energy that makes the trees grow and the rain fall and all the different aspects of what happens in nature and be able to bring that into our bodies and bring it into the bodies of others. And the great part about Reiki is even if you're doing it on somebody else, since it's energy that's flowing through you, it actually is uh, going through you as well. So, um, so Reiki is extremely powerful and very, very easy to learn. Um, and she talks about some more shamanic aspects, one called... Um, Remembering the way, which is to look back towards our ancestors and indigenous people and to look more at the values and the ideas that they had about life and community and, and living as, as one people and respect for the earth. And then another aspect, which is soul reclamation or soul retrieval. When sometimes we go through traumas where we actually lose pieces of, of the energy of our soul. And that does take someone else to kind of help you with that, but um, it was one of the one of the other areas that she mentioned. And the last thing is um, she talks about aromatherapy, uh, essential oils and aromatherapy, because she said that our olfactory sense is one of the strongest senses that we have in terms of calling up cellular memory. And probably everybody out there has gone through this. You, you smell the smell of an apple pie and it takes you back to a, a holiday dinner at your house where you go out and it's that kind of a cool, brisk fall day and, you know, you just get the, the whiff of something in the air and it brings back a memory or you get out of nowhere, you sometimes you just get a sea breeze and you, maybe you're not even near the sea, but that brings back memories. So essential oils has the opportunity both to affect your olfactory senses and many of them have great healing properties like orange for for lifting up your spirits but when you diffuse them um, as well as when you use them on your body they literally do lift your vibration and that's what all these things are about all of these are things that will will lift your vibration and it's as though the difference between I'm probably dating myself at this point because when I grew up, there was only one kind of radio when I was first growing up, and that was AM radio. And AM radio was in the lower frequencies of the radio dial. And if any of you folks listening to this remember it, when you well, you can still get AM radio, but if you do ever pick it up, you know that when you turn the dial, it's usually not the clearest signal and it's filled with a lot of static. And then as you move up the frequency, you get into the FM stations. And in FM stations, you get much clearer signal. And now you actually have the ability to hear clear music and you could hear it in stereo. That's what our own vibration is like. When our vibration is low, there's all this static that's going on around us. We can't clearly understand you know, messages we get. We're not clearly putting out our intentions so that we can create but as our vibration rises, then we think more clearly, we manifest more clearly, we bring people into our lives because like energy attracts like energy that help us to, to manifest our dreams. 
Um, and then the more you do all of these things together, then you find that tremendous things happen. And, you know, I, I joke around sometimes, Anthony, that I, I call myself like the poster boy for for uh, Margaret's techniques of raising your vibration because I have followed all of these different things. I have done all these different things. And, and when I really do focus on trying to do as many of them as possible, but I, I find massive, massive shifts in energy that will take place. But if you just look at how following these techniques have really affected my life in the last couple of years, you know, um, they're very, very powerful things to do. Beautiful. Thank you for that. Jim, one last thing here, too. I know, um, how can someone get in touch with you? I, we've had a couple callers. There's someone that's been on hold before you even got on the phone, so they're like a trooper. I just want to get to a couple calls here, but let me ask you, how could someone get in touch with you to schedule a personal reading or soul retrieval? That, and also, if you could just um, let us know again about, I know you said it earlier, but just again for, for the listeners so they can tune into the Hay House Radio. When is it? What time is it? What day is it? Sure. Um, it's very easy to reach me. You can just go to my website, which is jerrygavin.com. That's G, Jerry with a G, G-E-R-R-Y, G-A-V, like Victor, I-N, dot com. And right on the website, actually, when you go to the website, you can download two chapters of the book for free right on the home page. Um, so you can kind of get a feel for the book. And if you're looking to do a reading, you just click on the reading tab and um, it'll, you know, shoot an email right to me and just let me know you'd like a reading, and I'll get back in touch with you, and we can schedule a time to do that. I do virtually all of my readings over the telephone at this point, so no matter where you are in the country or the world, we can uh, definitely make time to do that, and they're usually like half-hour readings. Uh, same with soul retrieval. That's something that can be done throughout through the telephone as well, and um, you can reach me the same way for doing soul retrieval work, and uh, we can, you know, do more. I can go into more in-depth explanation once somebody contacts me about that. And the readings now, I usually do uh, everything that we do via telephone. Um, I'm on a new platform now so that when you call in and I call in, we can record your readings and then you can keep a copy of that reading forever. So that's a really nice thing when you want to refer back and get a sense of what you know what was said during that uh, that period of time. And the radio show is HayHouseRadio.com, um, and it is on every Tuesday from, uh, if you're on the East Coast, it's from 6 to 7. Uh, on the West Coast, it's from 3 to 4. And the name of the program is Messages from Margaret. And um, it's a, a great opportunity to hear terrific. I have a lot of great, great guests who are on the program every week, and uh, bring their expertise on how to raise your vibration, and uh, and at least half of the program, if not more, we we do listener phone calls and Margaret answering questions. Uh, every second week in the month, we do the whole program just dedicated to to callers and answering callers' questions. Gotcha. Uh, and I know I said this just before one last thing, but this isn't a question. Words of encouragement for someone that is a self-published author right now, has a vision, has a dream, what is there something that you can say? I know that yours was kind of fast. It was four months from self-published to getting the call from Hay House, but 
not even, and I'm not even speaking of a self-development book or of this spiritual book of this nature, but someone that has a dream of, of being an author of their self-published right now or, or something like that, what words would you give them um, to, to help them move forward? Well, certainly I would I would say there's two things that, that are very, very important. And one is to to be very clear about what your vision is. What is it that you want to have happen? Um, you said it beautifully in the beginning about being of service because everything we do, whatever job we have, whatever role we play, whether we are an artist or a musician or a writer or a public school teacher or a bus driver, our job is to be of service. We're bringing, we're bringing service to the world. So you focus, first of all, on what, what's the service that you're trying to do and and make that picture as big as possible because a lot of times we really we limit ourselves because we have our own self doubts. And then the second thing is to take action on those things. You may not know every single thing that you you're supposed to do, and those are the things where I think. Oh, third thing. I'm sorry. Ask your angels for help. This is probably the most important. Feel you know definitely feel free. Ask your angels, please. You know, this is my vision. Please help me. Tell me what it is I need to do because you'll you'll take actions and you may not know exactly what to do. But, for example, had I not decided to take the action of going to that Body, Mind, Spirit Expo, um, I would not have met you. We wouldn't be having this conversation. I I would not have met Ariel and Shia. The, you know, there may have been another vehicle that might have brought things in a different way, but... You have to take some type of action to to move it forward and believe in what you're doing. That that's so crucial because you'll you'll find a lot of people who will or can be very well meaning but won't support what you really are trying to do. And because they're used to how they've lived and, and what they know. But if you you have a book and you have a message one thing I can say, and this is is the truest thing in the world, where Margaret and I are in the midst right now of teaching a, a course that uh, called Soul Based Business Development, and um, there are people from all over the world that are taking it, and there's like four groups of ten people that are, are working with us right now. But one of the messages that Margaret gave to that group is that every single person has a very unique voice and a very unique energy to what you bring to the world. And what you will attract to you is your audience of those very specific people who are attracted to what you are saying. And that becomes a core group that just comes to you automatically because like energy attracts. So that's the reason why there are people who will respond to the radio show and want to talk to Margaret because there's a similar vibration to what happened in my life and what what's going out there. And, um, and everybody out there will find that as well as they do that. I mean, you're finding that, Anthony. I mean, just like you said to me, you've been watching my journey. I've been watching your journey, and it's been amazing to to watch your journey from, you know, somebody that was kind of just seeking and gathering information and, and doing your best to put the word out about everybody else and and now you're out there and doing things and 
and allowing your voice to be heard and your experience to come forward. And I think part of why that's happened for you is because you were so willing to be of service to everyone else to help them to get their message out as well. You know? Yeah. So that's part of that. Very, very true. Um, I know you you need a, a second or two, right, to, to connect with Margaret or, or whatnot, because I do have a couple calls I just want to take. Like I said, I've had a couple people that have just been on hold for long, so we'll take one question of some sort. Is there something that you need from me? You need your name or? Sure. Um, actually, if you could just, I, I'll go ahead and, you know, and bring Margaret forward, and if you could just let me know who the person is and where they might be calling from, and then we could kind of just take it from there. Okay. I don't see that on my screen, but when I click over, I'll get that information, and then you can come on and, and talk, or they could ask their questions Great. to you. Okay. I'll, you know, you'll hear that information. Even just the name is fine. Okay. Hello, dear ones, and welcome. Anthony, thank you so very, very much for having Jerry and I on the program tonight. I am most grateful. And thank you. All right, let's see here. I have an 847 847 number. You've been on hold for a long time. Hi, you're on the air with Jerry and the angel Margaret. Can I have your name, please? Hi, my name's Jill. Hi, Jill. How Hi, Jill. How... I'm fine. How can we help you, Jill? Do I need to ask a question? It is very helpful, Jill, because the reason why this is different than a traditional psychotype reading is that for an angel to assist you, you need to ask for that assistance. So I am not empowered to just come forward and and change your mind in some way or adjust your thinking. But if you ask for whatever help you're asking for, I'm more than happy to help you. Okay, my question is, is I have been doing a lot of healing work on myself. Um, I come from a very abusive, dysfunctional family. I'm the youngest, and um, I'm still stuck. I still have a block, and, and I, I, I'm ready to move forward into a new life. Why am I still blocked? Jill, part of the part of the reason for the block is you've done tremendous work, as you've said, but one of the things that comes up as an assumption in what your statement just said, is that there is something within you that is still broken. There is some part of you that comes from this experience of of trying to, quote-unquote, fix yourself, that has created in your consciousness, in your brain, this underlying concept of, If Jill has been working so hard to fix herself, then there's something in Jill that is broken. So the energy, even though you've worked so much to to clear the outer aspects of, of the energy around you, there's still this underlying energy 
that that identifies you with the problem of being broken. So to fix this, what I really and I use the word fix almost as a as a pun because the truth, dear one, is right now there is nothing in you that needs to be fixed. Healing is not about fixing. It is really just about evolving. It's about your energy evolving from one point to another and recognizing that throughout that process you are perfect in every stage of the process because it's all a part of creating the energy and the person and and the wonderful being that you are. So I'm going to suggest to you to start using an affirmation daily, if you would, and you could make any number of changes to this affirmation to change it, but to start to say to yourself, why is it so easy for me to see myself and to feel myself as a perfect being? Why is it so easy to see myself and to feel myself as a perfect being? That will start to change your mindset, your brain's um, communication with your body so that it will no longer keep trying to figure out how do I fix Joe, but rather to just look at you as the perfect being that you are so that it can remove that block of looking at you as something that needs fixing, which puts that puts that energy out to the world. It's as though your energy goes out to people and says, Hi, I'm Jill. I come from a dysfunctional background and need fixing. But what you want is for your energy to go forward that says, Hi, I'm Jill. I'm perfect. I am healed. I am ready to move forward with my life. So ask yourself those questions. Why is it so easy for me to feel that I'm healed? Why is it so easy for me to know that I'm perfect the way I am? Why is it so easy for me to move forward now? Does this make sense for you, Jill? You know, it really makes sense. And, and today I did a meditation, and what came to me was I am perfect just the way I am. And now you're telling, I'm getting the chills. And this is what came to me earlier today. And this is what's called synchronicity. So what tonight became for you, Jill, was validation for what you already know. You already know that you're perfect just the way you are. But your mind has been sending out different signals because, again, you're... Your brain is all about protecting your body so that when your body goes through trauma, the brain just wants to protect you and keep you alive at all costs. So when you say, I have to fix myself, the brain says, okay, but the underlying thought is something is wrong. Yes. So now you need to start to speak to your brain and ask different questions so your brain will be able to bring forth the energy to to respond to why you are perfect just the way you are. 
And you are perfect, just the way you are, Joe. Thank you. You're welcome, dear one. Thanks for calling. Thank you. you. That was really incredible. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Thank you. I'm going to stay on and listen. Okay. Let me put you back on mute. And we have area code 630. Hi, you're on the air. Can I get your name? My name is Jill. Hello? Hello? Yes, my name is Jill. Hi, Jill. How can I help you? Um, I just wanted to ask you a question because um, I actually uh, can relate to the way the other Jill was feeling a little bit, but um, I have moved past all that. I have accepted myself as the person that I am. I feel more mature. I feel more open minded and when I'm around my family now they see a change and they're like what's wrong with you and I'm like nothing I just I feel great and I'm calm now I used to be really hyper or very moody or you know just having bipolar you know personality at times and I have feel like I found the person that I am however when even if I'm around a big crowd and it could be family or it could be friends that I'm comfortable with I don't find myself feeling safe. I'm very scared, and I don't understand why I always feel that way. And I can be at a football game, and it's not so much that I'm scared, but I almost feel like I can read when people look at me and what they're thinking about me or that they're saying something about me. Or if I'm at a party, I just I don't feel... Even though the crowd and the environment is great and everybody is very nice to me, I still don't feel safe. And there's, like, I don't know, I don't know what it is. How do you accept that, or how would you interpret that? Well, what it is, Jill, I can tell you very directly what it is. You are energetically extremely open to other people's energy. Um, You are on a very on a good end of this, I think you've probably been told by many people that you're very, you're a very empathetic person, a very caring person, that you can feel what other people feel and you do care about other people's feelings. But what's happened is on an energetic level within the chakras of your body, the energy centers of your body, but particularly in your solar plexus, just below your rib cage, above your belly button, you lose a tremendous amount of energy from that area of your body. It's a very open chakra. And what that means is that you are extremely, extremely susceptible to the energy around you, to other people's energy, and to feeling other people's energy into having energy drawn from you so that when you're in a group, you will feel that energy being drawn from you and the signal that sends to the brain is that you are in some type of danger because life force is being taken out of you. Um, I know this seems somewhat complicated, but 
your body, your energetic system works that way. Your your solar plexus, in particular, is the seat of your power. In in um, in martial arts, it's called the key. It's called the place where your your strength sits. And through a number of experiences in your life, this has become a very open energetic point. So what I would suggest to you, Jill, is try to find in your local area um, an energy body worker, a Reiki master, someone that you would feel comfortable to go see and just explain this to them that you were... Um, you can say that you you were told that your third chakra is very open and losing tremendous energy, and to have them work on that area to help to seal that area, so that you will not be losing energy like you're losing energy, particularly when you're in a crowd. And additionally, if they can begin, I, I feel very good about the concept. If you could see someone who does Reiki as well, so they could begin to help you to to balance your, your other chakras because you are doing much better and your energetic ups and downs that are also very affected by the chakra balances are not happening like they used to happen before. But until you can kind of close this energetic loss that you're going through, you're always going to feel this feeling whenever you're in a crowd because there's so much happening. It's not unlike um, what happens to someone. Uh, you've probably heard that when people who are autistic are in crowds or there's a lot of stimulation that's going on, that they become overwhelmed. That also is due to a problem in this particular area in, in what's called the gut level. It's also called the enteric nervous system. And that's just the only thing that you need to do, Joe. And once that area is closed and you have someone who can do energetic work on you that can help you to balance that area, I think you'll start to feel a lot better. Okay. And I and 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 that's I I accept the message and I understand it and and it's funny that you're saying that because I actually have somebody right next to me that does ranking and um and works on chakra and she's always always bringing this to me when i go over she's like you know she's like it's your you know even my throat sometimes closes up when i have to say something to someone you know not in a mean way but i feel like i have to release i have to say something to somebody but i just keep it in me and i feel like my throat just kind of closes in and i was actually talking to her about this and and she said that's something that, that I would like to work on you with, you know, when the next time you have time available. So, you know, you're absolutely correct, and I really thank you for this message. Uh, you're very welcome, dear one. I wish you good luck with everything you're working on, and I'm sure you'll feel much better. Thank you. Thank you, Jill. Bye-bye. Bye. Margaret, we got a quick minute or two for, for one last caller. Sure, go ahead. Okay. Area code 720. You're on the air. Can I have your name? Hello, my name is Michelle, and I'm calling from Colorado. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. How can I help you? 
I'm wondering if you can see for me about when my finances would improve. Well, Michelle, again, as I mentioned to the first caller, one of the things that I can't particularly do is to predict future because that affects your free will in that regard. But let me ask you if I could maybe shift your question a little bit. Um, you, If we were to phrase that as what could you do to improve your financial situation, would that be also a fair way of asking that question? Uh, sure. Okay. I'm asking you that only because if you're if you're looking for how that would happen, it becomes more of a asking how can I do this in which I'm empowered to be able to help. But I can't okay. just say this is your future. So may I ask you just for a moment, what's the current most serious financial difficulty that you're dealing with? Um, I don't actually have a financial difficulty, but I do want to start a business, and so I don't have the funds to start the business out. Okay. I'm asking these questions because it helps us to kind of pinpoint the question of where where you really need to, the help with. So, okay. So, yeah, I the, definitely um, would like to see where to start the business like. And can you speak to me about the business you'd like to start? Uh, yes, the business that I want to start is an organic permaculture garden, as well as floral essences and essential oils. And I also have a hair product that is going to be a part of that, too. Okay. These are wonderful, wonderful products and wonderful ideas. And what and, and, and the timing of them are wonderful as well. What I would tell you to do is to research. There are a few different options that are available these days for people to help to raise money. Um, one of them you might already know about that's called Kickstarter. And it's an online campaign where people can go in and talk about the business that they would like to do and ask people to help them to raise funds. Another would be to create there, – there are other, actually, other websites that um, allow you to raise funds without having to have a specific goal that's attained. Um, and I, that's other options that you could look at. And the third, because I know we're limited on time, would be to contemplate the idea of starting your business out in some form of a co-op where people might be able to get some type of a, of a credit within your business for helping you to start the business, like um, discounts on products, uh, substantial discounts on products, or or being named as the, you know helping founders of your company when you do a launch party. For example, when Jerry wrote the first book, there were people who helped him to finance the first book, and they became recognized in the credits of the book as Jerry's angels for helping to to put that together. But then they were also recognized as a launch party at the launch party. They got free copies of the book. They got free copies of the 
Angels and Traumans workshop, there was things that they were offered back in value for their participation in helping to raise money to get it started. So, and for this product, these types of products, you may find that among the health community and the the body working community and other things like that, you may very well be able to get people who will help you even with pre-orders of your products in order to help you to get the cash to get things going. So I would contemplate those things, but your business is a wonderful, wonderful idea. So please don't, don't hesitate to want to do it because you have a great concept that's there. You have wonderful products that you're thinking to do and that you're actually creating. So hold on to the vision of what you're trying to do and just put out there again, why is it so easy for me to raise the revenue I need to raise to start this business? And then why is it so easy for this business to be profitable (laughs) so you're not just breaking even? Um, and you can do this as a full-time vocation. Okay. Thank okay. You. Good luck, dear one. Have a great evening. Thank Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you so much. I mean, thank you for taking those calls, too, Margaret. And um, I just, again, You're I very, thank very you welcome. For, I, I just want to thank you for coming on the show um, and also thanking Jerry for uh, for coming on the show as well. And um, again, if anyone needs to reach Jerry Gavin or wants to speak to Margaret through individual readings, reach him at his website. It is jerrygavin.com. That's G-E-R-R-Y-G-A-V-I-N.com. Any final words? Um, hi, it's Jerry. I'm back. Um, just thank you very, very much for having me on the show. Um, it's interesting. We talked about like energy and we even got two, two gels on the the telephone tonight, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, just please everyone remember how you think that your thoughts create reality and try as much as you possibly can when you're thinking about yourself to think kind and loving and supportive thoughts for yourself because it's usually ourselves that we beat up the most. So, you know, think kind, loving thoughts, and please don't hesitate to ask your angels for help. Great. Thank you so much, Jerry. Again, thank you for coming on the show, and I'm looking forward to continually watching you uh, grow and, and your success with Margaret. So thank you again. You're welcome, and I'm continually looking forward to watching your success as well. (laughs) Take care, Anthony. Okay, bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Gavin, messages from Margaret. Once again, I just want to thank everyone for listening in. Um, I believe I'm on next week. I'm not sure yet. I think I'm with MC. He's going to be co-hosting with me next week, and we'll probably be taking your calls. So look forward uh, to the link on that. Um, And I do have a, a... Big announcement coming up, uh, hopefully in the next couple of days. I will be doing a local show here in New Jersey, um, a, a demonstration. Um, I believe it's going to be in Ridgewood, but uh, once I get the flyer for that, I'll, I'll be posting that up too. And thanks again, everyone, for listening in tonight, and I, and I hope uh, I'm just 
Happy to come and serve. So everyone, have a good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.